Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. When last we were together, before I went to the deep behind enemy lines, um, we were talking about how you could have more than one repeated variable. So you could test the same people, in this case an implicit task, an explicit memory task, at three different retention intervals. Okay? So it's all group one, group one, group one, group one, group one. It's all the same people being tested multiple times. And in fact, this is a very common design in this kind of experiment. Right? Uh, indeed, in the psych lab class, we did something to this effect. So this isn't, uh, this isn't a ridiculous design at all. So the model here is interesting because um, it's x equals mu, right? Regular, plus alpha plus beta, alpha beta. So you get your main effect of one variable, the other variable, and the interaction of the two variables. Now then you've got to bring in the effect of the humans, so pi. And then we have to interact them with all these. So x equals mu plus alpha plus beta plus alpha beta plus pi plus alpha pi plus beta pi pi plus alpha beta pi. Which sounds like some sort of lame-ass sorority. Yeah. It does. <laughs> By the way, today's pi day, or if you know that? Mm -hmm. 3.14? Yeah. It's pi day, because it's 314. It's kind of geeky. It's a thing. So you should eat pies, which are also circular, so that's, you know. It's a thing people do. Apparently, it's that's a micro. <laughs> Okay. Yep. How is is the pie is just representative of humans and only of, of people. humans? Of it's the effect of people, people, subjects. Because it doesn't seem like there's really much difference if you have the gamma, except the gamma is just a, a third variable. Yeah, but note there's no error term here. There's no no epsilon right. here, and the error terms are all going to be different here, and you'll see that in a sec. Because remember, uh, sorry, we Oh yeah, remember pi tau for the regular repeated measures. That was our error term when we did the, the F test. Um, it's actually going to be the case, as I think I say here, there's lots of terms here and many potential error terms, right? So, potential error terms. Well, we know we're not going to ever test that. Why would we? We know people are different, and there's not going to be an expected value of mean square we can do anyway. Alpha pi, beta pi, and alpha beta pi are all potential error terms. Because remember, tau pi was our error term with the, the straight-ahead repeated measures. So the question is, how do you know what to test with what? How do you know what, how to find out if there is an effect of A, an effect of B, or an AB interaction? I heard that strange noise. Well, you could work out the expected values of all the mean squares if you were insane. Um, indeed, uh, a good graduate level stats book has a whole bunch of simple steps and how to work out expected values and mean squares. But well, that's not very much fun. There's a way to do this. Now, I'll explain it in a second. Or what the hell? I'll explain it right now. First of all, let's assume we got n equals 10. We got 10 subjects per group. The first thing you want to do, you want to build this. 
analysis of variance table, source of variation degrees of freedom table. The first thing you list is the subjects. Subjects, we know they have nine degrees of freedom because there's ten subjects. I just told you that. Minus one is nine. The next thing you list is any repeated measures factors. So anything you're interested in. Here it's retention interval, I called it, RI. It's got three levels, so it's going to have two degrees of freedom. Ri by s. I just took this and crossed it with the one above it. It's going to have 18 degrees of freedom. Now, m for memory. Because can I cross retention with itself? No, I've done that. Next thing, memory. There's two kinds of memory. Implicit, explicit. So it's got one degree of freedom. M by S, M by RI, M by S by RI. I'm done. How do I know what to test with what? I take a look and I see for each factor what below it has that factor in it and subjects. So I want, if I want to test the effective retention interval, I test it with subjects by retention interval. So I would take the mean squared for retention interval, and I would divide by the mean squared for subjects by retention interval. If I want to test memory, I find the first thing below with memory in it and subjects. Oh, right here. And if I want to test memory by retention interval, what do I do? I go below it and find the first thing with these two factors in it and subjects right there. So now I know what to divide by what. And <clears throat> It's the same thing we did with the repeated measures. Remember, we just had just one variable, tau, treatment. And we divided by the treatment by subject interaction. Right? I know some of you were working on that assignment, and it had repeated measures. And one of the ways you can do it, the easiest way to do it, in fact, is to treat it just like you're doing a factorial ANOVA in SPSS. It'll come out and it'll say, error, right? There's nothing to divide by. Yeah, but it gives you the mean squared for subjects, the mean squared for treatment, and the mean squared for subjects by treatment. Just take the mean squared for treatment, divide by the mean squared for subjects by treatment. I was trying to figure out how to do that. You could have messaged me. I would have told you. I told a bunch of people. Well, I ended up... I like how to do it. Hey. I got the email from Jenna last night, but I wasn't near the SPSS, and I was yeah. like, ah. Oh, or you can do it by hand. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it by hand. That wouldn't have taken too long. I tried, and I just, like, got... I gave my work anyway. Okay. That's all we can ask. So do you see what happened here? It's magic. It's like magic. Magic's easy once you know Dave. That's a reference to an old shake and bake ad. It's about mom's making shake and bake. Shake and bake rocks. Oh, yeah. I, I feel, I feel kind of, I mean, I'm quite into food and all that stuff, but I, I feel kind of like dirty when I eat shake and bake. But I still do it. You know. The thing, what There's Homer. There's types now. There's like the barbecue glaze, ranch. Oh, those have all been around. Yeah. Was it Homer said that time when he became a food critic? Marge, your food consists of two flavors shake and bake. <laughs> She says, Homer, you love shake and bake. You put it in your coffee in the morning. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, what I'm going to do now is we're going to combine the two different kinds of analysis variance we talked about. 
So, we talk, so far we've talked about a simple between designs and simple within designs. When I say that they're simple, what I'm talking about here is one-way analysis of variance. So one factor, straight ahead analysis of variance, we've talked about it between subjects, and we just finished talking about it within subjects, even just the one factor repeated measures. We've talked about factorial between designs, you know, the classic A by B. And we just literally, moments ago, before that little bit about shake and bake, we're talking about doing, I guess it was what, a two by three within subjects factorial design. Sure. So factorial between and within. Well, of course we can combine them, or there wouldn't be a lecture today. So we're just going to combine these, you know, one between, one within. In fact, that's a very common approach. In fact, I hesitate to say most common, but a lot of papers you read have, have one repeated factor, one, one um, between subjects factor. So let's do it. Yay. That's why it has an exclamation point, because we're excited. Okay, why would you do that? Well, there are cases we might want one or more between and one within. Um, let's say we're comparing different species and their ability to learn. Learning is, is probably the classic example of a, of a uh, within subjects type of variable. We have to look at change over time. And we can't do species within subjects. We can't change species on the boat. Not until I've developed my time machine. So, and I, mean, I was just at a conference on comparative cognition. People compare species. called comparative cognition for a reason. And you'd see different species and their ability on learning. That's my whole lot. My, my, my PhD, that's compared to species in their memory. So it's a pretty common thing. Or you might, well, let's say there's sex differences or just any old group differences. Right? Okay. So it's actually a very, there's a reason it's a pretty common type of design. So sex differences, these kind of things. Any kind of group differences. All right. So here's an example. And you guys in the, in the, in the uh, uh, psych lab course realized that we probably should have done our experiment this way. We did our implicit explicit. We should have had one group to the explicit memory and one group to the implicit memory because it seemed like there was sort of a bleeding between the two uh, different uh, conditions. It seemed like doing the explicit task, or doing the implicit task actually acted as rehearsal for the implicit task. It was annoying. For a brief moment, we all thought we completely formulate off all memory research ever, and we realized we probably did it wrong. <laughs> so what we do here is we have one group we do an implicit task, we're trying to completion, whatever, for five minutes, one hour, 24 hours, and one more group we're going to do an explicit task. <coughs> and never the twain shall meet. Nobody ever read a poem? No? Okay. <laughs> East is east and west is west, and never the twain shall meet. Till some God and man, something with some judgment thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. It's grade eight. 
It was going so beautifully. Yeah, no, I don't remember much. Like, I got little snippets. <laughs> I can remember whole, you know, scenes from Hunt for Red October or every Star Trek series, but I can't do classic poetry. Who's the author of that? Uh, I think that was uh, Eddie Van Halen wrote that. <laughs> Dickens? Dickens? It was Dickens. Maybe English major was Dickens. You probably write because you know more about that stuff. Than I do. <laughs> so we're going to hear the experts. It's sounding Frost. Okay. Yeah, but it might. I might be wrong. Too. Yeah. I didn't read a lot of Frost. Is it Eddie Frost? No. <laughs> Robert's brother Eddie is not so talented brother. Just, uh, oh, see, some of this stuff I just edit out and I just let it go. Um, okay, there may be, as I said here, some concern about the implicit test being contaminated or the explicit test being contaminated, which I think is what happened in the lab class. Fine, so let's just divide into two groups. We still want a decay function, though, the explicit, and we're not going to actually get a decay function for the implicit, it'll stay steady, but that's fine. So, what are the sources of variation? Well, by the way, this says group 1 is subjects 1 to 10, group 2 is subjects 11 to 20. <laughs> it's like 3D. If they actually put that 3D in the TVs, but not here, look at that. It's coming right at you. <laughs> that again was just for me, that was referring to Count Floyd's 3D. House of analysis of variance. <laughs> See, for me, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's one of those ones I'm telling my friend Mike that we make jokes that no one laughs at and then we tell each other. I'll be emailing him right after class. Um, does, does that mean that it's like subject 1 to subject 10 and then yeah. subject 11 to subject? That's right. Because okay. it would just, we, I could give them all names, but I couldn't think no. of 20 names. I, I was just reading it as uh, a mathematical. No, 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 it's not mathematical. Okay. So we got two things. We got test type, implicit and explicit. We've got retention interval, five minutes, one hour, 24 hours. And then we gotta say something about the subjects, because they're a source of variation, right? Whenever we put make those tables, think about, oh, here we go, right here, right? We had A, B, A by B and error. Sure. So we're gonna say something about the subjects. And you think about, remember it was like. Uh, treatment error and treatment by error for repeating. So what we see here, we have subjects nested within test type. That's what the parentheses mean. And I think that's what that says. Subjects nested within test type. That's how you say that. Or just subject, subjects within test type. What that says is some subjects get one level of test type and other subjects get a different level. That's all that means. Okay. Do you understand that notion then that subjects are within test type? Okay, makes some sense. So I'm going to go to the next slide now. Are you okay? Please. On that table under across 
for the low E with explicit, should that only be G2? Uh, yes. I made a mistake. Sorry, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, this should be G2, G2, G2. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Thank you. I, mean, I totally, I can't believe I missed that. I probably copied and pasted this from somewhere. The old, uh, that's, or I'm lazy and stupid. And old. Hey, old. <laughs> what, old? Yeah. <laughs> it works. Uh, we hope. No. Okay, so now we're going to build the analysis of variance summary table, which is, we go, the first thing you list is the between factor, then the subjects, then the within. Between, subjects, within. This will tell you how to test what with what. It's called, this is called Yates order. Developed by, or discovered, I guess, perhaps, by Frank Yates, who was a, um, one of the people that developed analysis of variance along with Fisher. And Yates' order says to you the first term you list, uh, sorry, the term below it with the subjects in it is going to be the error term. It's between subjects within. And you should, one of those things is say to yourself, that would be, you can say that the rest of March should be saying between subjects within. So, test. So test type, that means like implicit or explicit, because it's a between subjects factor, isn't it? Different subjects get different levels of test. So we list it first. And then we talk about, are there any other between factors? No, the other one's a within factor, a repeated factor. So the next thing we see is subjects. But we cannot just talk about subjects, we must talk about where they are. Subjects nested within test. So we get 18 for that. N minus 1, that's 9, right? So it's 10 subjects per group, minus 1 is 9, times 2 levels of test. 9 times 2 is 18. Now, are there any other between subject factors? Not in the design we have here. So we do the within factor, which is retention interval which has two degrees of freedom, because it's ri minus one. There's two levels, of, three levels of retention interval. We subtract one. We got one. Now, the rest is now easy. ri by test, ri by subjects within test, done. How, what do we test with what? If we're, we're doing the, um, now scenarios, we're gonna test mean squared, to find out if there's an effective test, we're gonna divide by mean squared for subjects within test. To find out for both retention interval and retention interval by test, their error term is retention interval by subjects within test. <clears throat> this always works. The only time it doesn't work is if one of these independent variables is a random factor. If one of them is a random factor, your best solution we should just nuke the site from orbit, man. Aliens? No? No. Um, the best thing to do that is go get a really good graduate <coughs> stats book and have it work out the expected values of mean squares for you. There are cases where you can, uh, in SPSS, with the advanced version we don't have, 
or other, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> other stats packages, you can say what something's random and something's fixed. <coughs> oh boy, the hell happened there, but it wasn't pleasant. Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen in my talk last week. Might have been a little awkward. No, it would have been fine, but it would have rushed up. You okay? No, I'm fine. <laughs> by the way, the joke about in the white room with black curtains by the station, it killed. It's a joke I made, no one got when I did it for my classes, but people there got it. Know your audience. <laughs> okay. Questions about that? Yeah, Denny, go ahead. In the subjects test row, you have 18, knowing that there's 20 there. Why am I minusing two from it? You're not minusing two from it. You're doing n little n, which is 10. You're subtracting one, which is nine, and it happens twice. There's two of the test. Okay. Yeah. So the same. You're just doing two, two groups. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's two groups, yeah, and there's two, two levels of test, right? right? Same sort of thing you're doing here. If you look at this one, a little more complicated, which is ri minus 1 times n minus 1 times test. So there's 2 times 9, right, times 2. Okay, so if there's only one group and you tested them in both levels of test, then would you only take... And if you test them in both levels of test, then this thing wouldn't be nested within test, would it? Okay. Right? Because that would be a repeated measures factor. Right. Yep. <coughs> they're only nested, they're nested within between subject variables. They have to be. <coughs> Alright. Between subjects within this is, you should say this to yourself five times before you go to sleep every night. <laughs> now you do the interactions. See what I did there, right? It was like RI, RI within, or RI, subjects, or sorry, test, subjects within test, RI, RI by test, RI by subjects within test, right? You do the interactions of each thing, you cross it with the things above it until you can't do it anymore. So that's sort of the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? That's the procedure. Remember, you list between and subjects and within. And you, the between and then, this, then all between factors, any interactions you can do, then the subjects, any interactions of the subjects, and the withins, then you're done. This always works. The error terms, just look below, the one below it, that has subjects and that term in it. That's all you're doing. As I said, this assumes everything else is fixed and the subjects are in. And that's a safe assumption. That is almost everything we do is like that.
Okay, here's another example. Little n's going to equal 5. Do you like the way that came on? It's pretty cool, right? Okay, look at this. There's a, this is not a crazy design. This is not a crazy design, and I don't think there are, unlike the other one, any mistakes here. Um, we've got A, B, and C, so we've got three factors. We've got two groups, group one and group two. There's five subjects per group. You could easily see that this could be men, women, <coughs> and then have two different variables, uh, B and C, affected both men and women. This is not, you know, anything over the top. No, this is a this is a two by two by three because there's three levels of B and two levels of A and two levels of C. I was looking at six. Yeah. No, that's yeah. So you look at that. Before we go through this one, are there any between subjects variables? Interaction between B and C? No. So it's, that, a. it's A. Yeah. A's between subjects. Look, different subjects get different levels of A. So that's got to be a between factor. <coughs> the within factors are B and C because every subject gets every level of B and every level of C. And tell me about subjects. Where are they? In, in which one? In A. Yes. Subjects are always nested in the between subjects factor. So we got A, we got S within A, we got B and C. Move this over. Between subjects within. Between is A. Within is B and C. And subjects are within A. Oh my God, look at that. Okay. This looks complicated, but when you go through it, remember A is between B and C are within. Now that you do that, this is actually mechanical. This is the kind of thing we could train. We could train a pigeon to do this. You give me a Skinner box, three months, touch screen, food hopper, only only grain for the pigeon, somebody's going to fill their animal use protocol, some lab space. It's going to take a long time, but I can train a pigeon to do this. First thing you list is A, because it's between. That's where you start. Then you go subjects within A, because there's no other between factors. Don't worry about I, would, I used to do these. Right? I remember doing these back when I was in school, back when I was young. And I didn't do the degrees of freedom first, uh, at the same time. I used to just do the source of variations, then go back into the DF. But you can, whatever works for you. But I would do the subject, the source of variations first, just because to get that done. Because it's the hard part, frankly. A, S within A. <coughs> Are there any more between subjects variables? No, so let's do the withins. I did C first. I could have done B first, but I thought I'd, I'm just a little different and wacky. Right? A little alternative. A little down the street, hip with the scene. So I went with C. 
could that be the matter? C. C by A, C by S within A. Can you do C by C? No, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, there's a C by C interaction. No, there can't be. Well, now we're, oh, now there's still one more between or within subject variable, B. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C by A, B by C by S within A. Are there any more? No, we're done. So, is no, it's within. There's, it can only be between and within. B is within. Every subject is every level of B. Every subject is every level of C. They have to be within the subject's factors. Now, different subjects get different levels of A. Yeah, the degrees of freedom. Well, A, A minus 1, 1. Um, N minus 1, little n was 5, minus 1 is 4, times 2 is 8. There were two levels of C, 1. C minus 1, A minus 1, 1. C minus 1, N minus 1 times A, 8. B minus 1, 2. 2, 16, 2, 2, 16. Now, we know if there are five observations in each cell, right? There's five observations in each cell. Because n minus 1 is, or n is 5. And how many cells do we have there? It's 12, is it not? 12 times 5 is 60. That means in total, there are 59 degrees of freedom. Right? So let's add this up. It's unlikely this is going to add up to the correct number of degrees of freedom if you did one of these wrong. Like if you did... The chance of this adding up properly to the right number of degrees of freedom is unlike it happens. One of these 9, 10, 11, 19, 21, 23, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 59, we did it right. And the crowd goes wild. Yay! They're doing the wave. They think it's 1984. The wave embarrasses me, by the way. Ever been at a hockey game or something? People are doing the wave. I won't do it. I find it embarrassing. It's kind of like a Nuremberg rally. We're all doing something at once. It's a little bit much for me. It's a little disturbing. Now, what do we test with what? Well, look below and find the thing that has the factor you're interested in and subject. Well, I'm going to test this with this. These two with that. These two with that. And these two with that. Everybody okay? You see what I did there? I don't. This may sound like a really ridiculous. No, no, it's fine. But why do you do CSA twice? Why are you testing uh, with C by S within A? Yeah, twice. Well, you're going to test this C, you're going to test C by A. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's going to test both these with this. Why do you need to test them? Because you have to find out if there's a significant effect of C or if there's a significant C by A interaction. But you. These two both have the same error term. Okay. These two have the same error term, and these two have the same error term. But wouldn't you get identical because they're written out the exact same way? No, because this is the mean square for C is going to be a different number when it comes out than the mean square for C by A. Right? The mean square for C by S within A will be the same. Sure. 
Is this just like isolating it to see if there's a main effect? Yeah, or an interaction. You're doing it. This is how you would do the F test. This thing with two between one within, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven F tests that you did. You use seven different F tests in this notes, right? Because you got to test A and C and D and AB and AC and ABC. And you do. A, B, C, A, B, A, C, B, C, A, B, C. They're all there. They're all there. Other questions? Sarah, you look like you want to ask a question. No, I think no. I'm starting to sink in. Okay. Okay. Well, the best way to make it sink in is to do another example. Ooh, here it is again with the exciting entrance animation. This guy gave a talk at the conference, his name's Alan Bond, and I always wanted to ask Alan a question and said, well, Mr. Bond, and I, I'm sure he's heard it a thousand times, but didn't have a question to ask him. I was talking to his graduate students, and apparently he hears that stuff all the time. So, Though he said, I want to ask him. He, he's never used the tables are turned now, aren't they, Mr. Bond? And he, he said he's going to use that in like a lab meeting. When he asks him a question, well, the tables are turned, Mr. Bond. <laughs> Just let him find it. So, what do we got here? Well, it looks very similar, right? But, this time both A and B are between subjects' factors. Look at it. Different subjects get different levels of B, don't they? One and three get B1. And two and four, two and four get B2. And different subjects get different levels of A. A1 has group one and group two. A2 always has group three and group four. So both A and B are between subjects factors. Take a look at C. Everybody gets every level of C. Right? Everybody gets every level of C. So subjects are now nested, but they're not just within A or within B. They're actually within A-B combinations, aren't they? Right? Look at that. Because if you're in A1-B1, you're group one. Group two gets A1-B2. Group three is A2-B1, and group four is A2-B2. So subjects, we can't just say they're within A and within B, they're within AB. So subjects are within AB in this case. Uh, we'll say there's six per group this time, just for the hell of it. Just mixing it up. 
again, this is not a ridiculous kind of design. This is a very common type of design. so far. Makes sense that they're within AB. And then C's within. C's repeating. Okay. It's funny. See, we have ABC, except we change the within and the between. Look at how much that, that was smaller. Right? It's different. So we go A, B, because they're both between. Between. Something's big. So we go A, B, A by B. Can you do B by B? No. You stop. You talk about subjects. Subjects within AB. C. A by C. B by C. C by A by B. C by S within AB. Done. Six subjects per group. 12, uh, 12 cells, or sorry, yeah, six cells per group, 12 cells, 12 times 6, 72, 71 degrees of freedom. That's our total. Again, minus 1. Let's do some degrees of freedom. A minus 1 is 1. B minus 1, 1, 1. Okay, we got N minus 1 is 5 times 2 times 2, 20. C, two levels, or three levels, so two degrees of freedom. 2, 2, 2, 40. Because that's 2 times 2 times 5 times 2. It's weird. 1, 2, 3, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 40, 71. Witter. What do we test with what? This one only has two error terms. Last one had like, what, four or something like that? This one only has two just because we changed which was between and which is within. So we've got the error term S within AB, and that's going to test everything above it here, A, B, and A by B. And then for C by S within AB, we've got C, CA, CB, and CAB. So when we do an actual analysis variance, we take mean squared for, say, CB and divide by mean squared for C by S within AB. squared a by when we do the analysis of variance. What are we dividing mean squared by? Mean squared b by when we're doing the analysis of variance. What are we dividing mean squared a b by when we do the analysis of variance? Because remember we divide by, well, in this guy over here, the example from the test, we divided everything by mean squared error, which is actually mean squared for s times you know, within a b. I don't know why I'm whispering. <laughs> We call it mean squared error, but actually it's just S within AB. It's just S within AB. When we do a straight ahead vanilla analysis of variance, we have treatment and error. 
We have treatment and subjects within treatment. That's what it is. We call it error. Does that make more sense? You see what we're doing here? We just got to do a whole bunch of F tests. And again, there's going to be seven of them, except this time instead of having like, I think it's three error terms, we only have two or four, whatever those from last one. It's what you divide by. That's all we're doing. They're all error terms? No, just this and that. They're what you're dividing by in the analysis of variance. You know, you, you think back to the straight ahead analysis of variance about mean squared treatment by mean squared error. Well, here, we've got the, the sort of two mean squared error, if you want to call them those, and that's this and that. We're going to get a mean squared for a C by S within AB and a mean squared for S within AB. Not so bad. Look at this. Look, I want to show you something. Look at this here. Okay, this design we had here from the test, right? That had two and two. So how many levels are there of A? That was actually one of the questions. It's got three, and how many levels of B are there? Also three, right? Okay, so let's just draw this up. Whoops, we'll be there for How many total observations? Well, there's 45 observations. That means we're 44 degrees of freedom. We got nine cells. We got different subjects in each group. Whoops. That's kind of funny. Great. So for 45, we got nine. How many subjects per group? Five, right? So it's five. So little n equals five. Now, let's leave that there. And move back there. They're both between, aren't they? A and B, right? Different subjects get different levels of A. Different subjects get different levels of B. They're both between subjects variables. So A, B, A by B, subjects within A, B. Degrees of freedom, 2, 2, and 4. Uh, subjects, N minus 1 times A times B, which equals, right, so that's 4, mm. excuse me, Damn. Okay. So that's uh, n minus 1 is 5 minus 1 is 4 times 3 is 12 times 3 is 36, which totals to 44. Mean squared error in, in, in that kind of design is just subjects within AP. That's all it is. It's always like that. It's always like that.
SVB yeah. interaction? You said it was three times three times four? I said no, uh, three, three, and four. Yeah. So now why did you go three, three, and four? Well, four here. Oh, okay. Two threes. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So it's not like it's anything different. This is a more general way to look at it is what it is. All right?
podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.